of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. It's great to be here um, discussing theological and worship issues and cultural issues as well. Last week, I discussed more of a a cultural issue that was kind of applied to the church um, in regard to leading worship artistically. Uh, This week, I want to talk to, to you about another church and worship issue, and that is the issue of giving. Um, if you're an evangelical and you were raised Protestant, uh, particularly Baptist, um, myself included, um, we have been taught to to tithe. It's not a foreign concept. Uh, growing up as a Baptist, tithing was ingrained in me from an early age. It was embedded. Uh, but as I grew older, I began to question the concept of tithing under the New Covenant. I, I did not see a positive example of tithing, and I really still don't, in, in its purest sense, um, and, and under the New Covenant. Uh, to be clear, I'm referring to the pure meaning of the word tithe. I'm not referring to giving, I'm re- referring to tithing, and we're going to get, get into that. Uh, tithing, it's a, it's a difficult issue to grasp. Uh, But that's the topic of discussion here today. I want to approach this issue um, of tithing by examining it from its purest meaning. And to do so, we have to see tithing uh, under the Old Covenant and under the New Covenant. We have to see giving under both. What are the purposes of tithing and giving in each context? Determining these variables are going to help us... um, who are in the new covenant to clearly comprehend our role in tithing, if there is one at all. And I will also approach this issue of tithing with, with the idea of giving in mind. My aim here is for us to realize the difference in grace giving and in tithing. So let's talk about Old Testament giving. Uh, before the law, Scripture mentions that the first tithes were given to Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem and the the priest of God. This is mentioned in Genesis 14, uh, 17 through 20. And this is the first example we have of tithing. The emphasis here on Melchizedek, I think, should be placed on his position as priest, not as king. Uh, as a servant of God, tithes paid, not necessarily given, uh, they, they were paid to Melchizedek, went to the purposes of God. And keep in mind here that the Old Testament is replete with theocracies, not just God-honoring theocracies, but other theocracies as well. Uh, We're not quite to that point in Genesis 14, but a progression of societies and peoples who exist to honor their God or gods plays out during the course of the Old Testament. Melchizedek is also mentioned in the New Testament. Usually it's referring to Jesus Christ as the high priest forever. Hebrews 4 is an example of that. the reason for this is, like Melchizedek, Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. Uh, the origin of Melchizedek is really unknown. Um, Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. And so under Mosaic law, uh, later on in the Old Testament, there are several references to tithing. And to name a few, there's Leviticus 27, 30-33, Numbers 18, 21 through 24, and Deuteronomy 14, 22 through 27. 
in these cases, the giver is instructed to pay a tenth of their resources to the Lord. It was a law and a command, and no one was exempt from it except one group of people. That was the Levites. Uh, the Levites were called to serve the Lord throughout their days. They In the uh, um, tabernacle, in the temple, uh, they were the, the priests. Um, this is, again, later on after Melchizedek, but, uh, but they were the ones that were exempt from tithing. Uh, and the tithe, in fact, was paid to the Lord through the Levites. Um, and this could be really, to me, the first important clue of letting us know that modern churches perhaps have it wrong on tithing when they force their ministers to tithe and ministers who are normally paid on leftovers anyway. Um, the second important clue here, I think, that would um, hone us in and help us to realize that maybe we've got this whole tithing concept wrong is the realization that a tithe under Old Testament law was really, it was a tax. It was not a gift. It was a tax. Uh, it's not the same as grace giving for New Covenant Christians. It was a tax under a theocratic system. Uh, perhaps by this point, you're, you're starting to question the concept of tithing. Maybe not, but I'm going to get into New Covenant giving, and you'll, you'll see uh, furthermore why we should question this. Uh, many of us have been taught to tithe throughout our lives, and so the issue is not giving, but tithing. Certainly, we're called to give, but a true tithe is vastly different from a, the type of giving we should partake in. Uh, tithe, the meaning of the word is a tenth. A tithe is a tax. It's a tenth. It's forced. And the ministers of God were exempt from it. <laughs> Perhaps we need to cease referring to our giving as as tithing. So let's talk about new covenant giving. Uh, giving. Under the new covenant of grace, um, grace giving is really uh, placed by in stark contrast to Old Covenant giving. Um, Old Covenant giving or tithing was largely forced by taxation. New Covenant giving is compelled by grace. It's not necessarily a tenth. It certainly could be for some, but it could be more or less for others. One significant difference in New Covenant giving is that the amount depends largely on the individual. In other words, there's not a standard amount for all believers. And, and hear me here, not, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I don't want to negate the obligation to give. Um, it has to be understood that those who profess Christ are called to give all they have because it's his anyway. And the way this happens could, could vary greatly. But no one is exempt from giving, including the ministers of God. In the Gospels, Jesus is found criticizing those who brag of the tithes that they give. Often it's the Pharisees he's criticizing. Um, a couple of examples of this are Matthew uh, 23, 23 and Luke uh, eighteen twelve. Tithing in these cases is placed on uh, in a negative uh, view. And that's because giving is a matter of the heart. Scripture tells us that God loves a cheerful giver in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And so we need to understand that, that right giving involves more than just the mere act of giving. It involves the heart and the attitude behind the act. 
And one way we can be sure that giving is an individual matter is the inclusion of the heart. It's not a collective issue. It is an individual issue. And so we're no longer required to tithe. You do not see an example of it in the New Testament. And so how should we approach giving? The Apostle Paul tells the church, that, that the church at Corinth, really, to give uh, as each individual person has determined that God has told them to give in his heart. And that's, that's 2 Corinthians 9 7 as well. Uh, Ephesians 4, Paul makes it clear that, that grace has been given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 4 7. Uh, by the way, that gift that, of grace that Christ has given is bountiful. Uh, which should spur us to want to give more. Uh, So our giving is based on the grace given to us. It's not repayment. Hear me here. It's not repayment because it's impossible to repay Christ for his grace. But grace is the foundation upon which we give. And so the reason the new covenant, that new covenant giving is often referred to as grace giving um, is because we are not required to tithe, but we do give based on the grace given to us. And so in many cases, a tenth of our financial resources will be considered low for what we should give. The problem then is not the amount, but the lack of obedience. In other words, many Christians do not give on the foundation of grace, but instead cheat God by disobeying him. He very well could be calling more, more people to give more. Grace giving is dis- disparate, vastly disparate from tithing, primarily because of the heart behind it. So what now? The church is called as a body and as individuals to give. We are to give. Grace giving, though, is not the same as tithing. In many, and perhaps most cases, grace giving constitutes more than a tenth. Um, I am the kind of person that um, I'm very mathematically minded and, and, and structured and organized, and so I need to have a, a, an amount, a threshold that this is what I'm going to give each month or each two weeks or whatever it is, and so I have to have an amount. And I would encourage people that actually does help having an amount to give, whether it's 10% or 15 or whatever it may be, And so while the old covenant ties went to the literal and physical house of God, new covenant gifts really go to meeting the needs of uh, Christian workers. Uh, For example, uh, 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 18, Paul instructs the ministers of God to be counted worthy uh, as worthy of double honor. And so, yes, some of the some of the gifts that people give to the church go to meeting the needs of Christian workers. They also go to meeting the needs of the saints. Um, you see this in Acts two forty four through forty five, and in meeting the needs of the poor. Uh, Ephesians four twenty eight. Paul tells the church at Ephesus to labor to have something to share with those in need. And so, grace giving then is is really for a plurality of purposes, not the least of which is taking care of people. Because God is not constrained to a brick-and-mortar building, God's people should give abundantly with the purposes of meeting needs in mind. In some cases, perhaps meeting needs does, in fact, involve caring for uh, the meeting space of a local church. It could could very well be uh, taking care of a building, but it also involves meeting the needs of other people. And many like to argue that paying ministers is wrong and unbiblical, and I'm not even going to get into the issue of taxation on churches or anything like that. Um, But a lot of people, even in the church, would argue that paying ministers is wrong. 
Um, but according to the Apostle Paul, it, the opposite is true. Paul says that ministers are to be counted as worthy of double honor. Uh, truth is, though, most ministers are paid on leftovers, so it's not really double honor, trust me. Um, many like to argue that it's wrong, but according to Paul, it is not wrong to pay ministers. It's a two-way street, though. Ministers of God really should minister and lead the church with no thought of return, and the people of God should have in mind to take care of their leaders. And so with these concepts in mind of tithing versus grace-giving, um, we should strive to be a giving people. We should give because God is a giver. And as God gave in grace, we should also give of our resources to honor him and to be like him. We are not taxed or required to give a certain amount of our resources to the Lord and certainly not a tithe or a tenth. However, I believe if we're not compelled to give, we have not experienced the fullness of God's grace. We should give because, because God gave. In grace we receive, and in grace we respond by giving. Thank you for listening. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.